expansion no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Give me Mark chapter 8, verse 30, 34 to 38. Mark chapter 8, 34 to 38. It's a scripture I read last week. He said, When he accorded with his devil, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And he said, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. And he says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And he says, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the son of man will also be ashamed. When it comes to the glory of his father with the holy angels. Amen. When we go back to the first verse, the verse number 34, it re-echoes very important truths which I dilated on or explained more last week Sunday. But I just want to do a very quick recap to link to whatever I'm going to share today because I told you I'm going to talk on certain aspects of Christian maturity and growth when we get to today. Now, the most important here is this. Jesus was having a discussion or a discourse or an engagement with the people. And if you know anything about Jesus, anywhere he goes, he attracts the crowd because the people, some come with different kinds of mindsets or motives. Some are coming because they need miracles. Some are coming because he fed them with food. Some are coming because they want to see that man called Jesus. Some are coming because they, they want to hear another thing which is different from that of the preachings of the scribes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Some are coming because they are burdens that needed to be dealt with. And some are coming also genuinely because they love the word of God and they are found of Jesus Christ. So Jesus didn't want to make a mistake to mix up his assignment with the excitement or to mix up his assignment with the crowd or to miss up his assignment with the appellations and the calls that he receives so at every time he tries to make things clearer to the people to understand what he really stands for because before he even came there was the error between the prophecies of the prophets for one to think by the jewish because of their subjection to the Roman rule and their tax systems and all that they were going through. They were believing that the prophecy of the, of the prophets concerning the Messiah is more of a political deliverer than a physical and a spiritual deliverer. So when Jesus was born, the expectation of the prophecy that talks about Jesus coming from the tribe of David is automatically linked to the throne of David physically that he will be born in the palace. 
That is why it was so controversial that he was not born there, but they found him in a manger. So they could not reconcile the two and was not born by any royal blood, but he was rather born by priestly blood because he's the high priest first before he became a king. Are you understanding me? So when he took over and he came on the scene, there was a lot of controversy and challenge as to whether he is a political messiah or who he is. So at every time, he wanted to make things clearer for them to know that, listen, my kingdom is not of this earth. My kingdom is in heaven. Yes, I am a king, but I'm not a king as you expected. I am a king more than what you are expecting. So at this point, he was actually bringing out certain truths that have to live beyond him. Because one of the greatest things of leadership is not about you. It's about the products that you produce after yourself. That uplifts you and goes ahead of your life. So every man on earth has a period of performance or work that after you are gone, that work still speaks for you. So God sees us to leave legacies. Are you there with me? So the legacy you leave is critical than the time you existed. What will men say about you when you are no more? That is more important. So Jesus had this understanding. Now listen, a time will come because I am within time frame of an assignment. I will not live forever, but I have to live certain truths that the people continuously will live by even when I am not around. So he said, when he called the people to himself, in other words, he gave them the opportunity, the invitation to come and identify with him. And he said, also to them, he said, whoever desires, a desire is a wish. I desire, I want to drink water. I desire, I want to travel. I desire, I want to do this. Desire is not accomplishment. Desire is a thought. But it has to be transferred from the thought mood into the accomplished mood. And so he's saying that whosoever desires. And this he was using a conditional statement that is more generalized to everybody. Which is not limited to a particular person. He said whosoever. Or whoever. In other words, irrespective of gender, color, tribe, nationality, tongue, height, stature, a position, whatever or wherever background you are coming from, you qualify and I qualify. But in the qualification, there is a responsibility. You see, we, we think serving the Lord or coming to God, there is no responsibility. So we come to serve him and live anyhow. But there is a responsibility and when we perfect that responsibility, then the blessing also follows. So he said, whoever desires, it is not by compulsion. It is not by force. Salvation is not by force. Christianity is not by force. Serving the Lord is not by force. Coming to receive him as your Lord and best and Savior is not by force. Any religion that compels you is not of God. It's occultism. And last week I told you the difference between a cult and a church. I'm not going there again. But you see... To give you an understanding, a cult is built on personalities. A cult is built on worship of personalities. A cult is built on celebrating personalities. A cult is built on creating class barriers. These are the first class. These are the second class. 
That is why we have the caste system. A cult is built on what people will get and not what people will give out in terms of service. But church is the place which is called in in Greek as ecclesia. is the gathering of the people. Irrespective of their background, their color, their challenges and who they are. They come together to congregate. To gather together. That is why we call ourselves congregation. So, at every Sunday we congregate, we gather from wherever we commute, from wherever we are, irrespective of you being a watchman or a CEO, a manager, or a a, a politician, a president, irrespective of your position and your title, the church is the only common ground where everybody is equal in the sight of the Lord. In the church, there is no seat for the house help. Or a seat for the watchman or the security. In the church, the seat, both, that is the only place where the madam and the servant can sit together. They can shake hands together. They can dance together. It is not a class segregation. And it's important for us to understand. The church, a court system, has a position for everybody. Where chairs are even marked. When you enter everybody, when you arrange yourself, you arrange yourself in a certain order. When one is not there, his vacancy is still there. Hello? In the church system, you don't buy a chair. It is the place of service and sacrifice. So he said, whoever desires, and each and every one that are seated here today, we desire. That is why we are here. So you don't need anybody to pamper you before you come and serve God. You don't need anybody to push you to give your life to Christ or to serve the Lord. You don't need anybody to beg you to do what is right because you desire, so you came. So he said, whosoever desires to come after me, to come after me. And I demonstrated it very well. If you get the video, that will help you. Whoever desires to come after me. In other words, you don't lead. He leads and you follow. And when you are following, it means that you keep your eyes on the person you are following. Because you cannot lose that person. In other words, he is the one showing you the way. So, before you can accomplish your Christian life and achieve it in perfection, you need to keep your eyes on Christ. And in trying to keep your eyes on Christ, you will be distracted by so many things. There will be a lot of challenges that will come against you. And in the midst of the distractions, one thing you have to keep in your mind is that I am following somebody, so I don't have time for you. A lot of believers today are saying they are following, but you are looking elsewhere. So we are really in true reflection, we are not following. He said, let him deny himself. The challenge of followership is the self, which is your flesh, your ego and my ego, your pride and my pride, my title and your title, who we are and who we are not even to be. That is the challenge of the life of humanity. So it becomes a problem because of the theory of self-actualization. 
Every human being is aspiring to be something. You love yourself more than anything. Do you know who I am? Do you know where I'm coming from? You are not my type. You are not my class. If we are talking, you don't talk. And that attitude of self-ego, puffed up and pride, robs us of the lamb nature of Christ, which is servanthood. He said, whoever desires to be great should first be the servant of all. So we still come to church. We still have received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. But we are so consumed with self. So much so that we are not even able to identify where we are following. I had a shock of my life when I became a born again. That even in the church. When they said let's hold hands and greet. People put handkerchief in their hands and hold your hand. Because to them your hand does not smell the lavender or the spray or the perfume they are putting in their hands. So they want to keep the handkerchief so they can still maintain the fragrance. In fact, what I went through my conversion period and stay in the church as a Muslim who had just come to believe in the Lord. If it is not for the salvation that came from genuinely from God. You see, I don't doubt my salvation because I know where I came from. If it is not by the genuineness of my salvation for which was able to endure. In fact, it was if I was taking an inspiration from the church to have lived my Christian life, I wouldn't be here today. So there is an error which needs to be corrected. And that error is that you cannot live self and serve God. He should deny himself. In other words, yes, yourself is there, but have nothing to do with it. To deny, not to have anything to do with it. Let him deny himself and take up his cross, not my cross, his cross. Take up his cross. Take up his responsibility because holding the cross is your responsibility. We each have our Golgotha to go. So you take up your cross. I take up my cross. In other words, my cross is my daily walk with the Lord. Bearing in mind that I have a price to pay for this Christianity I have believed in. Taking up my cross. And follow. Say follow. He said and follow. Say follow. So there is a way we have to follow. I need to keep in pace with the person that is going ahead because I have not gone this way before. And the verse 35 quickly says, Say for whoever desires to save his life, you see the next verse, whoever desires to do or save his life will lose it. In other words, whoever desires to live in safety, to just enjoy himself, like, like, like polish, dress, look cute and look nice every day and, 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 and slang and, and, and look like a, but not. Are you understand what I'm saying? Just, just becoming a social understanding of Christianity. Anything goes. Me, you see, I'm a believer, but you know, I have to touch this once more. 
because when they are drinking their vodka, I have to drink some vodka. You mean I'm a believer, but when he sees some Guinness, I have to go some Guinness. When they drink Fanta to me too, I'll drink Fanta. When they are like this, I also, you don't even know where you belong. You are everything to every people. If you should be sleeping and they wake up something and ask the person, who are you? People will be confused about your identity. Because a lot of us even have a dual, before dual citizenship came, some of us have triple citizenship. You have who you are in the office. You are who you are in the house. You are who you are on Monday to Friday to Saturday. And sorry, Saturday you are who you are also. And then Sunday also you are another different person. So sometimes even in the confines of your office, people cannot even realistically say you are a Christian. There are a lot of you when they go on your Facebook page, they have to wonder and pause to find out whether you are a believer or you are trying to be. But when we gather right now, all of us, a friend of mine put it, he said, we are Santimonial Pius. Oh, praise the Lord. Brother, God bless you. How are you? And this I am saying is not to the congregation member of ICGC Yahweh Temple. I am talking from the pulpit to the congregation member. Right from the pastorate to the flock. There is an error. There is an error. So the church is not seeing its own identity. It is difficult to place where the church is. What will men say about you? Ask somebody, what will men say about you? Ask the person, do you really know, do you really think people know you? And do you even know yourself? So he said, if you will come after me, you should deny yourself, take up your cross and do what? And follow. Say follow. And he said, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. In other words, if you try to live that Christian life, you will definitely go through a lot of persecution and insults. But that is what is going to keep you. Are you ready to go through it? Are you ready for society to know what your position and your stand is? I stood here on Friday and I told the church, I told them that, listen, we were, we were praying and the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart that we should just dance and whatever and then when you are coming, bring your offering by dancing and drop it. And I said, this is what I feel. And whilst we were dancing and all that, I said, if you can't dance and bring your offering, you take your offering back. And somebody just walked casually, come and drop it. I called the person and I said, pick your offering and go back. If you can't dance to drop your offering, take your offering. The truth of the matter is, and I told the church, I said, listen, as you see me standing here so, I am not enticed by material things. And God does not need your offering. Whenever you give your offering, it is a privilege and an honor for yourself. You don't do the church a favor and you don't do God a favor. Listen, if you find an opportunity 
to bless me. It is not to my advantage. It is your advantage. So I don't need to come and queue at your house to receive a blessing. Because you cannot meet my needs. The only one that can meet my needs is God. So I will not sell my integrity of God for a cheap favor. It is important for you to understand these things. Somebody come and say, oh, Pastor, I wanted to bring something. Are you in the office? I said, I'm not in the office. Because we are not coming to the office. He said, oh, and I said, the only thing is that then, come to church. He said, oh, I can't have the time. I said, okay, please yourself. Because how much can I weigh? How much can, how many can I drive? How many homes or houses can I sleep in? How many will I carry to the grave? The issue and the problem with us is that we have not found the understanding of what true fulfillment of life is all about. So we let everything buy us. There are some things that are not for sale. Which is your internal life. There are many people that have gotten close to me and wanted to be my friends and they couldn't survive. Because you see, you cannot come into my life and think you can buy me. I cannot be a domestic prophet in your home. I am a servant for all. To the poor and to the rich and to everybody. So I relate to everyone irrespective of where you are coming from. My phone number is not a secret number. It's open to everybody. You call me and you don't get me. I return your calls. It's important for you to understand. Listen to me. We live life to fulfill the will of God and not our own will. So he's saying that if you want to save your life, you lose it. But if you save it for the kingdom, you will have it. There is something more valuable for the kingdom than our own life. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know when you close your eyes. You don't know when. The same way you don't know how you and I got onto this earth in conception. So we don't know when we are going to leave this earth. So as long as we are bred, we have to live a life that is worthy and befitting to the honor of Jehovah. It's very important. This is the kind of gospel and message the church doesn't want to hear. Because we want to hear, receive it. And I have stood here and told you that if you are doubting me, you have already God has proven thousands and ten times, hundred million times to you that I am a prophet of God, I am an apostle of God, I am an evangelist of God, I can deliver, I can heal, I can speak, and it comes to pass because the Lord has come into his office. But child of God, listen to me, when you get everything in this world with all the prophecies and the blessing and your life is not in agreement with the will of God, you lose your soul. And listen, let me tell you something. The same way this earth, I'm seeing you right now, that it looks real. 
the same way life after here is real like this. And I don't want any of you of my members, like Paul said, I don't want the blood of any to be on me. So I'm giving you the total gospel. So that tomorrow, when you and I will be spared from hellfire. Because listen, we are living in a dangerous world. Serious, serious dangerous world. It takes your understanding of God to survive. Yesterday, I was worshipping and pondering and the Lord took me to Psalm 91. And when he was revealing the whole thing to me, then something struck me. Then I realized that the whole thing we quote that says that he that dwelleth in the scripture shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty, it is not just automatic. It's not just automatic. But it shows that it said when we follow those that serve, those that are with him, they are those he protects. The question is that your one leg is in church and another leg is in the club and one leg is in church, another leg is in the shrine and while your one leg is in church, another leg is in some consultation, drinking some kind of water and whatever. Some of you don't even know who is your shepherd. Yet you are in this church. Who is your pastor? Let's wake you up at midnight hour and ask you who your pastor is. You'll be confused. Because you have so many contact numbers and pastors and prophets that you don't even know who is your true pastor. You only come to church on Sunday and come and sit down and go. But when it comes to issues, you know who you go and pray with. And you forget that it takes the shepherd to watch over your soul. Because you give an account. Even if you are snoring, I am praying for you. Some of you only know the telephone number of the pastor when you are confused, when you are, you are, you are being pursued by demons and you don't know where to go. And even that one, when you are flipping through your phone, you don't know which number to call. After you have tried seven or ten of your pastors and your prophet, you don't get them, that is when you will remember your pastor. Say, oh! Isn't it a shame? somebody still by you who is through your, your shepherd there are a lot of you that come into this church and you despise yet even the shepherd you are under but you come and sit down Sunday in and Sunday out and take note and say you are receiving what are you receiving you are deceiving yourself it's about time you repent because the voice of the shepherd in your life can silence the challenges of thousand years that you are carrying Silence the voice of the thousand years you are carrying. One of these days, some of you, when you call me, I'll stand and tell you, I don't know you. Because you know, you know very well that I don't know you. It's not that I don't know you physically. Yes, I know you physically, you are coming to church. But you know and you know that I am not your shepherd. You see, coming to church and paying your tithe and registering your name in the books does not only make you a member. Some of us step into places anyhow. Yes, we come to church and it's being preached every day and we don't even change. Always exposed to the arrows of the wicked one. 
And I believe as I'm talking now, there are people who will be angry. But if you get angry and you are saved, it's better for you. Because tomorrow, you will appreciate what I am telling you. I pray that sometimes God should open your eyes. Some of the things you go through that you are shaking is just the wind. But the real steam was dealt with. You see, submitting to authority and spiritual headship is not economic knowledge. Listen, there are serious life issues. I'm speaking to you as a father. I am your father, whether you like it or not. That is what the Bible says. And the challenge is, you see, we have made it so much to feel like God is not able to protect us. And time and over again, we are dying foolish deaths. Time and over again, we are losing things we don't need to lose. Because why? The believer has ceased to understand that my life is the preservation of God. I can't save myself. I can't protect myself. I can't be where I am until the Lord protects me. What can he do? When you go to sleep, you close your eyes, isn't it? Do you know what happened between the transition of when you slept and you woke up? Hello, do you know it? This is how Jesus came. He saw the, the aggressiveness of the kingdom of the and was trying to save and to snatch the righteous. But the righteous was not following. All that the righteous was thinking of is give me now and not what will keep me. Church, do you know that it's not having every woman you have to sleep with? Hello? Those of us who cannot zip up, do you know it's not every man that you even have to sleep with? Some men finish sleeping with you and they have already bought your soul. So, so, pastor, when I, when I live for the Lord and everything, what will be my marriage? There is no, there is nothing God says don't do and he doesn't have a reward for you. When he says deny yourself, take up your cross and follow and all those, it is not just he telling you for saying it in vain, but when you obey it. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me, the most, the most surprising and the most shocking aspect of it that we think we can be, we can outsmart God. But the challenge is that, Master, where can you outsmart God? Me and you, where can we outsmart him? I tell my wife, so when I travel and I go out there, she's not there with me. She can't monitor me to know what I am doing. You cannot see me there. Will you see me there? No. But you know who I am there. Whenever I travel, I go with the consciousness of the Spirit of God who is present in my hotel room and who sees my going out and my coming in. Joseph said that I will not sin against God. You see, I was not able to sin. It's not about our partner, our friend, our father, or our pastor. Hey, pastor is coming. Let's hide the thing. It's not about pastor coming. Why should you be afraid of pastor and hide it? You should be afraid of God and don't do it. It's not about pastor. I 
I'm working out my salvation also with fear and trembling. You think I don't have challenges? You think I don't have weaknesses? I also have my weaknesses. I also have my challenges. I'm not standing here to pretend like I'm a saint. No, I am working it out. So if you will see me and that will make you live right, then you have missed it. You have missed it. You are living right not because of the pastor. Not because of ICE Tower Temple. You are living right because of God. The house is quiet. I thought you should be so seed by now. Oh, come on. Oh, receive it. Put your hands together for the Lord somebody. Jesus was looking for disciples. He was looking for a prototype of himself. He was looking for something that represents and reflects his identity. Every company protects his brand. And they can sue you if you forge their brand. In the same way, God is also looking for his own brand. So he calls us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar nation. Special. So you cannot come in or we cannot come in and wear different... This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu, get these life-changing, inspirational and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage and any other ministry product of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone plus 233-277-250420 or plus 233 Email us revismila at gmail.com. Visit our website icgcislegon.com. Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome back. You can't be in one organization and use another organization's product, you'll be fired. If you don't even like their product, you still have to play it safe. So why will you be in the kingdom of God and have the product of God and still promote the, the product of Satan? There are believers all over the world who have special waters they bath with at special midnight. They have certain special things that they put on their wrist. They have certain special things around their waist. Listen, an handkerchief cannot protect you. A special bath at a midnight hour cannot protect you. Reading the secret book of Psalms cannot protect you. But knowing Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior Walking with him in integrity and in truth. Knowing for a fact that except he helps you, you cannot help yourself. And daily submitting yourself to him to help you. 
Because the truth of the the life journey is very challenging. So, Pastor, can you say, yes, you can fall sometimes. But I was saying last week, Sunday, that the issue here is that, you see, sin should not be your nature, but you should hate sin. So, you should not say that, hey, me, this is my best drink. Me, me, I enjoy sex, Papa. You should be saying that it's a challenge in my life. I am believing God to help me. So even when you do it, you pray and ask for forgiveness and you are still praying. God sees your heart. He will gradually change you and you become better. Nobody becomes better overnight. Nobody becomes better overnight. When you are, you are drinking, you feel bad about it. It's not that you like it. But maybe you friends, you find yourself in association or other things. And every time they think the guilt is there, the more the guilt is there, it's that the Holy Spirit is checking on you. And gradually you stop slowly before you know you are free from it. But when you get to that place, you've crossed the line. When you say to yourself, ah, me, clubbing is my best life. Oh. Hey, Charlie. When are you coming for us to chill? Me, I like to chill. I, yes, you can chill. But know what you are chilling with. Now, what some people do is that they even change the bottles. Because certain drink color looks like something. I'm not saying it, you know it already. Don't let us confuse the activities of the world with the activities of God. We are sent into the world to change the world and not to be like the world. It's simple. The question is that what are we portraying there? And someone is a pastor with all this. So what? Yes, God has a benefit for you. Benefit number one. He makes you a chosen generation. You are chosen by God. And whenever you are chosen by God, you are special. Ephesians 1, 3 to 5, quickly. Let me share some few things with you. Say, blessed be, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Tell someone and say, you are blessed. Tell the person you are blessed. You see, because we are not following right, we run after blessings. Are you getting me? What is God saying? God says, go and cut your hair. (laughs) Amen. But the issue is that we are already blessed. That's somebody already blessed. You see, the believer starts from the position of blessed, not the position of being blessed. Whenever we get saved, automatically we enter into an atmosphere of blessing. And you see, this blessing here is not material alone. It is that same word used here, which is the same word used for salvation. And with the Greek means it at source, which is complete and total and whole deliverance of your soul, your spirit, and your body. So when, 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 when Apostle Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church and was concluding, he said, I pray for you that the Lord will sanctify you holy through your spirit, through your soul, through your body. In the book of 1 John, he said that I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. 
So when God is talking about your prosperity and my prosperity is inclusive of good health. It's inclusive of the Jaguar you want to drive. It's inclusive of longevity of life. Are you understanding me? It's inclusive of peace and serenity in your environment, in your mind. It's inclusive of divine protection over your family and your children. It's inclusive of the protection over your business. It's inclusive of your traveling in the air, traveling on the land, protection to your goods and your services. It's inclusive of when enemies gather against you, God will intervene and destroy them. Everything that you talk of blessing, God gives you a total package so you can go to sleep and you are not afraid you will rise up and you are not shaking you will speak with confidence because you know who your God is and that is the position of being blessed of being blessed so he doesn't give you the money and he will not give you the strength to enjoy the money he will not give you the money and will not give you the protection to take care of the money. He will not give you the children and make the children become wayward. So you see, if you read the book of Psalms, he said that the righteous church shall be like oasis around him. And even in old age, he shall bear fruit. These are the pluses of being blessed as a child of God and walking with the Lord. And check through scripture. And check through contemporary life. Those that are faithfully work with God. I don't know. I don't know whether I'm preaching to somebody. I desire to work. I am working towards it. And it's my challenge and my desire that you work towards it. Those that are faithfully work to God. Work with him. Bible says, and Enoch walked with God and he did not see death. Listen, when you faithfully work with God, I don't care what trap men will set for you. I don't care what plans they will have for you. But I can confidently look you in the eye that you don't even need to fast and pray when you are working with God because God will destroy those traps and it can never work. They will plan but it shall not succeed. They will enchant and it shall not come to pass. Why? Because you are not the one defending yourself. You are there to be preserved by God. Let me ask you a question. If a company can ensure his staffs because he needs them, that is his asset. How much more God can't protect you that you are his asset? I will not live because of myself. But I will live because God will preserve because he knows that I have to touch lives. Am I talking to you? So tell the person, I am not trying to be blessed. I am blessed. Listen, if you follow God, nobody will take your job in your office or your position. And I know what I'm talking about. I remember when I was working in La Palm, there was this lady when I entered in there, she hates me with passion. With passion. If you love me, say it. she hates me with passion I went through a whole lot of hell but I was not bothered listen, me the devil can't take me out of a place he has to leave for me to leave <laughs> listen, let me tell you something 
You have to understand the principle of God. Until the God, God locates you, no man should be able to locate you. And I'm talking to all of you that are occupying positions. You should choose to move on and nobody should be able to be able to move you on. That is your inheritance. And I laughed. I just went into prayer. Thank God and left. The next day by the time I came, the girl is no more. I felt for her, but that is how it should be. Because sometimes, they have to know where they have to play their levels and their games. How am I talking to somebody here? Because anytime God saves you, he enters into a covenant with you. And the covenant he enters with you, he will never fail it. He defends it to the latter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. The spiritual rules over the physical. He said, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, our privilege of choice is not even in our mother's womb. We were chosen before the whole earth was designed. I, I, I don't know whether you are feeling what I am feeling here. I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. He chose you. He chose me. Before he even decided to found the earth. Can I repeat it again? He chose you and me. He selected us. Before he decided to even start to construct and structure the earth and the systems and everything that is in place. So that is why when he finished, then he brought us to be able to come and enjoy But you see, the problem we are having is that after he structured everything and gave you and I the map and the whole thing to walk in it, when we can, we throw it somewhere. Hey! It's just like a new, uh, Bishop Jesus was saying, he said a guy went to Germany and when he got there from one of our tribes, I'm, I'm not mentioning names. When he got there, he didn't know that he's, he's not in Ghana. Eating something somewhere. But he realized that he didn't know the weather is different. He entered in there, removed his shirt, and was walking. He said, hey, I've arrived. Bugger. Me, I don't care. They said, hey, the weather is bad. You need to wear this. He oh, you people in Ghana, even where I come from, we walk naked and bare-chested. In the next few minutes, the guy was dead. And they have to carry him. Because you see, the truth of the matter is that if you don't play by the rules, you will die. You know, a, a lot of us are having challenges and problems and, and we can't understand why those things should be. The truth is this. We are not playing by the rules. I do a lot of soul searching. I don't know about you, but I do a lot of soul searching. And I learned this when I was very young in, in, in school. I just read a book and it caught my attention. And it's a statement by Confucius. He said that on examining life, it's not worth living. And every time, one of the things I do even before I sleep, the last thing is to close my eyes and reflect over the day. What has my life be? So by the time I'm waking up, I have a new thing. I live every day. I might not write it on paper, but I live every day with the consciousness of God and with something that is in mind. 
Tap somebody, you are blessed. Tell the person you are blessed. You see, life is a serious game. You, people trying to break people's legs. It's a serious game. It's not easy as you are seeing it. It's more dangerous. But the only way our preservation is, is to know the Lord as our Lord and personal Savior and to walk with him. He said we are blessed because he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So being holy is not a choice. We are. Tell somebody you are already holy. (laughs) Tell the person you are holy. So you see holiness is our nature. It's not our secondary friend. So I can't say it's difficult for me to, 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 to live that. Yes, it might be difficult because of the flesh. But if you know it's your nature, how can you see a dog who is trying to mow instead of barking? Oh, come on. Are you, do you get me? Oh, it's too high for us. I should break it down. Moo. It's who? Who is moo? When you hear moo right now, what do you know is coming? Is it not cow? And when you hear, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is coming? It's dog. So, 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 so can you mistakenly say, you hear moo and you say it's a dog? So the same way, holiness is our nature. Or holiness is not our nature. It's not our nature. So if I have a challenge, I go to the one who fixed it and said, fix my nature. Simple. Fix my nature. Help me to activate that nature. You should be holy without blame before him in what? Not in pain, but in love. Say love. love. Say love. love. Living holiness and smiling. And, and the next verse, he said, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So before you and I even got saved, pre, before, he has adopted us. And this word adoption is a Greek way of accepting a child into maturity. What it simply means is that it is not the terminology of adoption that we, need, we know that you go to adopt a child at an orphanage or you adopt a child of your sister to take care of. That is not the meaning of this. So you will not get it. In the Greek terminology of adoption, every son that lives in a house when he's born at a certain period, has to go through a process. It's a ritual. They prepare you. So when you get to the maturity age, though your father gave birth to you, when it comes to the inheritance, it is not automatic. Are you getting me? Okay. That is why Ishmael did not qualify, but Isaac qualified. So you have to go through that preparation in your father's house. They teach you the Torah, you learn, you study, you follow the patterns of your father and everything he's doing. They are preparing you gradually. You ask your questions. They are maturing you and I, and at the, at the age of maturity, when you get to the age of maturity, which some of us can call in our voting system, 18 years and all those things, and maybe around about the age of 17, whatever, when you get to that position, now you are now seen as a matured person. Which the depot rights has it and puberty rights. Hello. 
So they also have their special rights. So then now, they take you and gather the people in, in other cultures, they have it. In Kenya cultures and everything, and whatever cultures, some people, they also have it. Where if you're a man in South Africa, for instance, in among the Zulus and all those things, when you get to that place, they give you a bow and an arrow. And they tell you that you should be able to shoot and you should be able to do because it's a sign to show that you are now a hunter. You have, uh, you have reached what? Maturity. In the same way, in the Greek culture, in the Igbo culture and everything, they do all those things. Every true cultures have those kind of rights. And the Jewish have their rights. So when you get to that matured age, they separate you and prepare you. And when they prepare, they call the community and you go through that right process. That is where your father now will receive you unto himself as his true son. Are you understanding me? So you are his son, yes. But until you get to maturity age, he cannot entrust inheritance into your hands. So at this place, he now gives you the inheritance of the family. So you now have the direct right to inherit him when he's no more there. So here, he is saying that before we were born, God pre-destined us to be adoption as what? Sons. So before we were born, he took us to that ritual. Are you getting me? He took us through that rituals of maturity. So we were matured in him in spirit, consecrated to receive an inheritance before we were born. So we did not, we, we did not come onto this earth with a deficit. We came already having our inheritance. We've completed our rights of inheritance. So I don't need to struggle. You don't need to struggle. We don't need to go through challenges. Why? Because we have completed our inheritance. So we have this inheritance. And so when Jesus came, when Jesus came and died, he sealed that inheritance and presented it to us. So Bible says in Hebrews 9, it said, until the testator dies, the testament is not in effect. So when the testator died, the testament became effect. So Christ used his own blood to sign for that will and transferred it automatically to us. So you have an inheritance. You can sit down. Tell someone you have an inheritance. Tell the person you have an inheritance. Christianity is not just a joke. We have an inheritance. I am not poor. I have an inheritance. I am not sick. I have an inheritance. You are not an orphan. You have an inheritance. You are not challenged. You have an inheritance. You are not struggling. You have an inheritance. It is not over. You have an inheritance. Everything you are looking for, he has made it available for you and I. If only we shall walk with him, that marriage shall come. That children shall come. That door shall open. That money will come. That blessing will come. Everything we desire shall come because we have an inheritance. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world he predestined us my destiny has already been planned your destiny has already been planned you and I are not a mistake we can never fail because he has planned our life and I prophesy over your life this morning that don't let the devil steal you away from the hand of the master don't let anyone deceive you because hey there is more for you than what you think it might not be easy now but hold on to that call Hold on to that prayer. 
Hold on to that giving. Hold on to that thing. One day the Lord shall change your destiny. I see your beauty coming. It might not be that quick, but the Lord shall perfect it. It is not an easy journey, but the Lord is your strength. It is not an easy task, but the Lord shall keep you going. I am here to let you know that no matter what you do, the Lord still loves you. We may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. You have your inheritance. I have my inheritance. There is a pleasure of his will for you and I. It does not matter what we are going through. Hey, the Lord will not disgrace you. He will not put you to shame. He will not disgrace us. He will not put us to shame. That sickness cannot kill you. Because you trusted in the Lord. It might seem like it's delaying. But I am here to announce to you. It shall no more further delay. Your gift shall not be aborted. Your talent shall not be aborted. It seems like your friends have gone ahead of you. I am here to announce to you. You shall overtake them when that hour comes. You shall overtake them when that hour comes. You are no competitor. You are not competing with anybody. You are on your own. And you are the best of yourself. Just stay on course. 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 It might look like you are stupid. You are not. Just stay on course. Just stay on course. Just stay on course. So many things will challenge you, but just stay on course. So many things will trouble you, just stay on course. Sometimes you will fall, but don't remain there, rise again. Sometimes you make a mistake. Forgive yourself and clean yourself because your inheritance is still there and continue with your life. Sometimes it might not be easy. God understands. Don't rejoice in that sin, but you rise up again. He knows you are weak. He knows you have a challenge. He knows you can fail. He is not surprised. But hey, don't give up. And don't stay there. Don't let the enemy keep you away. Don't let the enemy keep you away. No matter what depths you go to, still challenge yourself again and rise again. You and I, our sin does not surprise God. Hello? But because of his investment, have you seen a true investor who will invest and will not? When the South African xenophobia thing was going on, and I've been following the story a lot, and I've been calling also to check because I frequent that place. In fact, I have conferences lined up in that place. So I have an interest. And I've been following up not from shallow source, but from high source to know whatever is going on. And, 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 and a whole threat came that they're also going to attack the, the, the investment strategy positions of South Africa, which you and I know. I, I talk of MTN, talk of whatever it is. Quickly, the MTN CEO have to come out with a statement and issue a very statement in their parliament. One uh, uh, was that, I mean, the day before, I mean, it was so obvious that everybody was angry because they know that this is what contributes to our GDP. This is where we get our money. This is where we are. So if some people can't reason, we have to put them where they belong. Because you see, when you invest, you cannot allow that investment to go waste. 
and if God invested in you and I before the foundations of the earth and predestined us and gave us our will, do you think God will give up on you? It doesn't matter what you are doing. God will never give up on you. That is why he see you behaving that way and he still loves you and he still gives you an opportunity. Don't think he has given up. He cannot give up until your last day. I told somebody, I said, hear me, you will be shocked. You think when you get to heaven, you are going to meet Bob Marley meet Michael Jackson and you say hell will be nice are you there with me and you go to Bimali and said child Rastafari I. amen and then you look and say hey you remember your song Buffalo Soldier you look at you and be surprised hello because in between the transition period you didn't know what happened you'll be shocked just like the same way the thief on the cross could be able to give his life to Christ on the cross and he went to paradise in the same vein you may be shocked that who confessed who at the point of death am I talking to somebody here the Lord has not given up on you until the day of your death so that on the day when you die and stand before you you have no excuse I am here to announce to somebody the Lord is not fed up with you he is not tired about you he still have room for you to repent and like the prodigal son his doors are open I want you to come out from your shield just come out from your challenge just come out from your sin just come out from your struggle just surrender to the Lord and the Lord shall guide you daily I prophesy over your life you are an investment that God cannot waste I say you are an investment that God cannot waste I say you are an investment that God cannot waste and you have to know it from today that you are precious in the sight of the Lord Rise up on your feet, sir. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.